Broadcasting from the Superbook Sports Studios, KTUS AM 1060, Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2, Scottsdale, Phoenix. It's time to hit the field with Extra Point, featuring Kayla Mortallaro and Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060. Tweet the show at KDUS AM 1060 or give us a call at 602-260-1060. The snap is back. The hold is down. You can't miss with this combination. And the Extra Point is good. Hour number two, extra point right here on KDOS AM 1060 online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. It's a Friday. It's August 11th. Bob Kent feeling under the weather. Kayla Mortolaro with you riding solo up until noon today as we typically do Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. As I mentioned, it is Friday. And so guess what? It's a Friday spread brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. Located 2390 North Alma School in Chandler. We have the weekend specials here and uh, strongly encourage you to go check out these weekend specials. Certified Angus Beef Choice Cowboy Cut Rib Steak at $24.99 a pound. Pork Back Ribs at $5.99 a pound. And the Von Hansen's very own Oven Ready Chicken Parmesan at $5.99 a pound. Once again, located 2390 North Alma School in Chandler. And we'll have a $100 gift certificate available to you a little bit later on in the program. Let's reset the scene, though, with today's poll questions. And we'll start with the KDOS1060.com poll question, which is in regards to the Dallas Cowboys over under nine and a half wins. We will have a Cowboys conversation with Michael Gelkin around 1115 today. Uh, The over under here, the masses, this just keeps growing under leading the way at 9.5 wins at 71% of the vote, over 9.5 wins at 29%. That's KDOS1060.com, and we'll answer it around 11.30 today. Tossing it on over to Twitter, at KDOSAM1060, Mike Lassett joined us from Charlotte Sports Live in the 10 o'clock hour. If you missed it, you can podcast the conversation at KDOS1060.com as well as with the KDOS1060 app. But uh, he's on the oversight of things. What say you over under seven and a half wins over right now at 54.5% of the vote under trailing at 45.5%. As I mentioned, that's KDOS1060.com. The Arizona Cardinals. They play football today. It's preseason game number one for them from State Farm Stadium. The Broncos are in town, 7 p.m. Channel 12. So I have here some things to watch for the Arizona Cardinals preseason game number one, things that I'll certainly be having my eye on. That includes here, and we'll start with, how is the offensive operation Does everyone seem to know their assignment? Will timeouts be wasted? Can you get in and out of the huddle? Some of the really basic procedural things that we saw time and again last season have issues come up at the wrong time. How does that look here with a new uh, offensive system, new offensive coordinator, new head coach? Also, from the sounds of it, Drew Petzing still trying to get a feel for how he wants to call games whether he wants to call games from the sidelines, whether he wants to call games from the booth. 
I think he's going to be, or at least the original plan, is he was going to be on the sideline for week one here for preseason game number one. So we'll see how all of that kind of unfolds. So those will be some things that I will have my eye on in terms of just offensive operations. What's the discipline like? Are we going to be seeing some procedural penalties here, or is it cutting itself down to a minimum? You know, when you are a team that has to really, truly maximize everything to be successful, your mental errors have to be at a minimum. Mental errors, penalties, self-destructive plays. So how's that discipline going to be like? I want to I want to see how that is. I want to see how that is too with some of the younger players who might be a little antsy to try to really showcase themselves and might jump a little too soon when they're not supposed to be. Just kind of want to see how that mindset is in this preseason game number 1. Rightfully so, Michael Wilson, wide receiver, has been praised in camp. Now I want to see Does this translate to live action, faster speed, and against another team? Most of the work that Michael Wilson has been doing in camp has come against Marco Wilson. So just want to see how does it it all translate going up against a different cornerback? How does it translate going up against actually being tackled? Lots of different things here, um, but you feel good about Michael Wilson's development here. If he can stay healthy, we've talked about it. This is, you know, rightfully so, all of the praise that has been heaped on him. Now just want to see it with the lights on. Gosh, I hate that cliche, and I just said it. With the lights on (laughs) in a a fast-paced environment. Next thing that's going to catch my attention here, how does cornerback number two shape up? In camp, it has been... Christian Matthew and Catrell Clark kind of rotating at that number two corner spot. Marco Wilson has the number one spot. So who's going to showcase themselves to earn that corner number two role? I would certainly expect a lot of playing time for those two to see who might emerge. As we heard from defensive coordinator Nick Rollis, uh, I think it was last week, that that spot really is still up for grabs that somebody really needs to showcase to to the coaching staff that they're ready to go. So want to see who stands out and also who stands out going up against different wide receivers and opposing team because you kind of start to learn some tendencies sometimes. So now it's going up against somebody who you haven't been seeing for two straight weeks. How much does Colt McCoy play? Uh, it seemed to be indicated to us that he would be playing it was a real short quick answer from head coach Jonathan Gannon yeah so is that just one series two series what does that entail and then how much does Clayton Toon get to play and how does he look when he gets his chance I mean I was impressed the ball comes off with an incredible amount of zip from him so how does that translate into accuracy how does that translate into making good decisions at game speed is he holding on to the ball too long or is he quick to flush himself out of the pocket? Is he willing to step up into the pocket? Yeah, you know, he's a rookie quarterback. So there's lots of growing that comes with the translation from the college game to the NFL game, the work that you've been putting in in training camp. Now how does it all come to fruition in a game with tackling preseason game number one? 
I have to imagine, I mean, Colt McCoy, this is probably, if he is going to play, I would have to think it's just to make sure that some of these procedural things are ironed out in a, in a real game setting. And then he's out of there. So Clayton Toon, I would have to think, would be getting the majority of the first quarter, you know, five minutes on, all of the second quarter, maybe into the third quarter. And then it's going to be a battle from there between Jeff Driscoll and David Blau as to who earns that next spot. The other thing that catches my attention here, how much does Zaven Collins play? How much does Isaiah Simmons play? They're, they're veterans on this team at this point, based upon kind of who is on this roster, but they are playing new positions. So how much do they play? How much do they need to play? Zaven Collins now coming from an outside linebacking position, going up against different offensive linemen. How important is that to the coaching staff to see him in that role? Isaiah Simmons moving into a more sa- uh, into a safety role, going up against different wide receivers, going up against a different offensive look. So how much is the playing time going to be for them? And do they look comfortable in their roles? Now, that's the thing is that there's obviously this huge shift in what these two players are doing and the expectations for them. Jonathan Gannon has talked about comfort level in going to Isaiah Simmons and talking to him about why safety might be the right position for him. So is it translating? Is that comfort level looking like it's comfort level in game speed? This isn't really a flashy battle, but who's going to be the punter for the Arizona Cardinals this year? Is it going to be Matt Hawk? Is it going to be Nolan Cooney? I was kind of paying attention at the red and white practice as to who was holding for Matt Prater. You have to think that who Matt Prater feels comfortable with and the operations of extra points and field goals has a lot to do with who is going to be named the punter. There's a lot that goes into all of that. So that is something that I'll be paying attention to. Matt Hawk, Nolan Cooney. And then also, how does Paris Johnson Jr. do against a defense that isn't a teammate, right? We talked a little bit about it, that you're not going at full speed in training camp. Also, you start to go up against the same defensive players that are your teammate. You understand their moves. You anticipate their moves a little bit. So what's it going to be like going up against somebody different in the Denver Broncos? And speaking of the Denver Broncos, it's been talked about that Russell Wilson is expected to play. So how does Russell Wilson look? Are the operations better for the Broncos? A team that also really struggled with operations, getting plays in. Have to think that it's going to go a lot better with Sean Payton, but you also have to wonder... um, (laughs) I... I may take a different approach here than Bob did in terms of Sean Payton's comments about Nathaniel Hackett. Clearly, he still thought he was in the Fox booth here. There was no reason to really talk about the previous coaching staff and the previous regime. You're brought in here to try to help sort through everything. You're a very, very revered head coach with a lot of pedigree. 
You've won a Super Bowl. So how can you help Russell Wilson? How can you just help the offensive line? You made huge upgrades at the offensive line position in the offseason trying to trying to address that situation. So how are the Broncos going to look? And in a stacked AFC West, can they be better? And does that translate to an improvement in wins? I mean, I think there's two different questions there for the AFC West and for the Denver Broncos. So that'll be preseason game number one for the Arizona Cardinals tonight from State Farm Stadium, 7 p.m. on Channel 12. There were preseason games yesterday. Caught my attention watching the Texans and the Patriots. Patriots defensive end Keon White stood out with three tackles, two pressures, and a quarterback hit in his preseason debut. Certainly you like to see it, but I think you kind of have to take it a bit with a caveat as the Texans offensive line were playing some backups here. And you also had C.J. Stroud, who that leads me into my next takeaway here. Two drives for C.J. Stroud with the Texans, and that included an interception. Stroud was clearly a little slow to get the ball out of his hands, definitely holding on to it a little bit longer than I think people would like. And to absolutely no surprise... Davis Mills looked a little bit more in command of the offense. He's more experienced. He's been around the Texans for a while playing against the second, third unit. Even then, Case Keenum coming in, looking as good as he did playing against the third, fourth unit. So it just comes down to, is C.J. Stroud able to go through his progression, see the game at a little bit of a slower speed? Two series for him. I don't want to overreact one way or another about C.J. Stroud. When it comes to the next game that was on yesterday with the Seahawks and the Vikings, the rookies, wide receiver Jackson Smith and Ujigba and running back Zach Charbonnet stood out. Zach Charbonnet certainly has an opportunity to really excel in this Seahawks offense. Devin Witherspoon, though, for the Seahawks, their their first-round pick did not play. And then for the Vikings here, maybe we're being too callous about this team and all of their one-score games and kind of writing it off. There has been some turnover here. The defense has to improve. They obviously bring in Brian Flores to help fix that defense. Change At running back, no Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison time. So who's going to back up Alexander Madison? And it seemed to be Ty Chandler taking advantage of his opportunities and maybe solidifying that running back two spot behind Alexander Madison. The NFL, it's here. Preseason action. It's underway. We're almost to games that count. But here's what does count. Your phone call, 602-260-1060. Right now, caller three is the winner of the $100 gift certificate to Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. Once again, certified Angus Beef Choice Cowboy Cut Rib Steak, $24.99 a pound. Pork Back Ribs at $5.99 a pound. Von Hansen's very own oven-ready chicken parmesan at $5.99 a pound. Visit them, 2390 North Alma School in Chandler, 602 602- 260 1060 caller three is the winner of the $100 gift certificate to Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. Michael Gelkin 
of Dallas Morning News joins us next, talking all things Dallas Cowboys happening here on The Extra Point. We'll do what's best for the team, and we'll do what's best for you. The Rich Eisen Show, coming to you weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. here on KDUS AM 1060 and KDUS1060.com. Welcome back to Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. Wrapping up the NFC East previews today with the Dallas Cowboys. We pop on out to the KDOS hotline. Michael Gelkin of the Dallas Morning News with us. Michael, appreciate the time on the show today. How are you? I'm doing well, Kayla. How are you? Doing fantastic. You know, we have to start here with the Dallas Cowboys. There's always a plethora of different ways we can go, but let's start with Dak Prescott. Last season, 23 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. He made a really big deal about cutting down on the number of interceptions thrown this season. Did he add more pressure right onto himself for this season with uh, already the mounting pressure that comes with being the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys by uh, making that interception comment? Well, I think, I mean, he, he, it was very uncharacteristic for him to have the 15 interceptions that he had last year, which led the NFL, despite him having missed five games to a thumb fracture. Uh, just very uncharacteristic. And I think part of the reason, when you really unpack each of those interceptions, part of the reason for most of them uh, had to do with the receiver core and had to do with some of the communication in the passing game, had to do with some of the things that were really emphasized, not just for the personnel department, but for coaching staff as well. And so there's just a lot of confidence within the Cowboys building that, you know, the communication will be better, the understanding of the why to certain route combinations, like all those things, along with progressions, like in the footwork, how everything's uh, kind of, you know, why the wide receivers have a better sense of Dak's footwork on a given play. Uh, There's just, again, a lot of optimism that not just from Dak Prescott, but from other players in this offense as well, that that interception number is coming down. You know, let's just kind of stick with the interceptions there for one second. At the wideout position, there seemed to be a lot of chatter that the connection between C.D. Lamb and Dak Prescott was maybe some more route running concerns with Lamb. The team also added Brandon Cooks, who is an incredible talent, but he has struggled to stay healthy. Michael Gallup looking to get back into form himself. So when you combine the new wide receiver room, how have they looked within camp and how have they been connecting with Dak Prescott? Yeah, it's looked good. It's definitely improved because, you know, this time last year, the Cowboys had moved on from Amari Cooper. They had moved on from Cedric Wilson. Both those players uh, gone via trade and for agency, respectively. And the way that they moved on and, 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 you know, they had Michael Gallup, who was coming off of an ACL. They had Jalen Tolbert, a third-round pick, who ended up only catching one pass all season. He just mentally uh, wasn't where he needed to be for a variety of reasons. And then James Washington was a, a, you know, a signing from Pittsburgh, and he didn't catch a single pass all year. Uh, this time last year, he was uh, recovering from a foot fracture he suffered in the opening practice of training camp. Um, so they, they really lost some, some big pieces, and, and the cupboard never really was replenished. Uh, but now Tolbert has looked a lot better year two. Gallup is a full season removed from the ACL. Brandon Cooks has been incredible, uh, not just in his own merit, but the way he's been a mentor to players like uh, Jalen Tolbert and so overall it would be also not to overlook uh, the rookie seventh round pick Jalen Brooks who's, who's really impressed the Cowboys and you know more of a depth guy at this point but he's there uh, you know the depth should be much better and the starting top talent should be better so his, his receiver core 
is, is no doubt improved, although, you know, tight end, missing Dalton Schultz, um, you know, that's something that we have to watch because Luke Schoonmaker has only practiced for about a week, uh, and he missed uh, the bulk of spring and, again, the first couple of weeks of training camp with a foot injury. So that's something to continue to monitor. Uh, Kellen Moore, he is off to Los Angeles. Mike McCarthy, he's now going to be the play caller. Have there been noticeable differences in the offense so far between the two? And how is the relationship with Dak and McCarthy, not necessarily just head coach to quarterback, but now head coach, offensive coordinator to quarterback? Yeah, there's a lot of changes. Um, I think the cadence is different. The pre-snap operation should be tighter, as we hope, with, with fewer pre-snap penalties. Um, they, uh, you know, some of, again, the, the emphasis on, on footwork and communication and the why, just a better understanding overall of the offense. There's actually more volume that Mike McCarthy has relative to when Kellen Moore was the play caller and installer, uh, lead installer of this offense. Um, but then there's like just, there's some other things that's really pass protection that, um, has really come a long way. The Cowboys feel, um, that they think they're going to be able to keep Dak Prescott upright a bit more, which they hope can lead to his first full season in quite a while. So um, there are a lot of changes. And, you know, just by nature of Mike McCarthy's new role as the play caller, he is more involved in the offense. His fingerprints are all over it. Um, You know, the ownership is there. And so he's delegated responsibilities elsewhere on the practice field. But his focus, no doubt, is on this offense. And, um, you know, right right now, you know, I I think it's still – something that we have to kind of wait and see in terms of if it, it goes as it, the Cowboys hope it goes in terms of all these changes taking. Uh, but if it does, then when you pair that with this defense, you're talking about a pretty formidable team in the NFC. Michael Gelkin, Dallas Morning News, talking all things Cowboys right here on KDUS AM 1060 in the Extra Point. So we've been talking about the quarterback. We've been talking about the offensive game plan changes with Mike McCarthy, the outside weapons for Dak Prescott to throw to. But how about where it all starts up front with the offensive line? What is the latest on the contract situation between offensive lineman Zach Martin and the team and with or without Martin on the squad uh, to start the season? How does that change this offensive line, a unit that at one time was really considered the best in football. Yeah, I was told this morning status quo. Uh, that's the one. That's the way that someone uh, describes fourth game stand. So there, there isn't an update um, as it as of right now uh, pertaining to Zach Martin and his holdout. I mean, he's just around the million dollar mark in terms of fines, getting close to that. Um, so this has been very, very expensive, very, very elongated, and you no doubt you, you feel his presence uh, lacking on the on the field. I mean, this guy is a future pro football hall of fame inductee uh, for a reason, you know, seemingly every year he's a first team all pro, um, you know, you don't just replace a guy like that. So they're, they're feeling the effects on their offensive line of not having them. But that said, Tyler Smith, the 2022 first round draft pick, he's working at left guard. He's been impressive. Tyron Smith looks good and staying healthy at left tackle. Granted, nobody looks good all the time when they're facing Michael Parsons, but good overall. And Terrence Steele at right tackle, he's, he's very much back in the screen of things, coming off of a, a major knee injury, ACL, MCL, MTFL tears uh, last December. So overall, there's a lot of good there. Tyler Biotis as well as Pro Bowl center. There's, there's still some pieces to this thing, but when Zach Martin's not there and you don't have Zach Martin and Terrence Steele doing their combination blocks the way they do inside zone and duo, like when this really bread and butter of this offense is, 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 is that concept in the run game, when, when you don't have Zach Martin, it, it, it puts more pressure on, on the run game. It puts more pressure on, on obviously, Dak Prescott. Um, there, there's a much, you know, I, I think 
it, it's kind of a shame because when you look at what this, you know, Zach Martin has been with the Cowboys for about a decade and he hasn't been to a Super Bowl, he hasn't been to a conference, you know, championship game. And this to me is the team that he's kind of been waiting for. This is the best team that the Cowboys have had since they drafted Zach Martin. Um, but because of this contract situation, because of the fact he's, you know, seriously, like objectively $7 million underpaid uh, relative to other top guards in the league, uh, because of that, he's not part of it. Is it surprising that uh, Jerry Jones and the rest of the, the organization that makes these decisions hasn't come together to get something done with Martin, kind of understanding the importance of him on the offensive line and just in general how the offensive line really is an underrated unit? You know, when I first came onto the Cowboys beat in 2019, there was a pretty important player as well in Ezekiel Elliott who was holding out. And not until really close to week one did they go ahead and, you know, make, frankly, a really irresponsible contract offer that was accepted, but the structure of it was extremely player-friendly. Um, you, you just my, – my baby remembers it, apparently. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. Um, and so you, you – I, I think we're, we're still a little early in the whole lead-up to the season. So to say that they're, you know, standing pat right now, okay, that's one thing. But once September 10th gets nearer – and you're looking at a divisional game against the New York Giants on the road, and you're in the silent count. You know how comfortable, uh, how comfortable are the Cowboys then with not doing anything on the Zach Martin contract front? She obviously has some very big uh, thoughts on Ezekiel Elliott, so I'll stick with Ezekiel Elliott here. <laughs> uh, he's obviously not on the team anymore with the Dallas Cowboys, and they moved in the direction there of Tony Pollard at running back. Uh, he is coming off an injury suffered in the playoffs. So, one, how is Pollard's health heading into the season? And a larger question, what's your perception on Pollard really being able to take the role as lead back? Can he handle that workload? So great questions on both. Um, Tony Pollard says that he feels like he's back. Mike McCarthy says that Tony Pollard is back. Um, if, if that's the way he feels, that's the way the Cowboys feel, I'm, 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 I'm likely to just take them by, at their word. But I do think when you're talking about the running back position, you, you got to see how these guys do when it's live. You know, even when you're in your pads and you're popping, you know, you're doing, you know, you know, helmets are clashing all that in practice. You're still not taking a guy to the ground. So I, I, I I think it's fair until Tony Pollard steps on the field, uh, you know, in, in a couple of weeks here. Um, I think it's fair, or about a month, I should say, um, I, to, to just kind of take that wait and see of, you know, I, I don't think the question will fully be answered until we see someone try to tackle him. Um, as for whether or not he's going to be able to fully take that load, uh, again, another fair question. I, again, it's another tough one to answer today. I do think it is important, though, to note that Mike McCarthy doesn't want just one lead guy, you know, handling 80% of the touches. That's not what this is going to be. Um, and so the real question in this, you know, this preseason for the Cowboys that has been throughout camp thus far is, all right, who's going to be the number two? Is it going to be Rico Daddle? He seems like a natural compliment. He's really good in pass protection. He's a downhill type runner. Uh, they just really trust him. Um, but he only had seven career carries to his name because of injuries the past two years. Um, Lee Davis, uh, he was an undrafted rookie last year. They really liked him as well. But they also, when Tony Pollard suffered his leg injury, Lee Davis was active, and he wasn't involved at all. Uh, it was Ezekiel Elliott without juice uh, in a playoff loss to the 49ers. When it, I remember in the press box wondering, why aren't they using Malik Davis? So maybe Malik Davis is the number two. We'll see. And there's also kind of a distant candidate, uh, sixth-round pick, 
Deuce Vaughn. He's five foot five. Uh, he's got some limitations on account of his size, but the Cowboys really like a lot of what he's shown so far in camp. Michael Gelkin, Dallas Morning News, right here on KDOS AM 1060 in the extra point. Let's flip this to the defensive side of the ball. Of course, there's Micah Parsons, his 13 and a half sacks last season, three forced fumbles. He continues to just be an absolute stud playmaker in Dan Quinn's system. Has it just been business as usual for Parsons so far? No. Well, I mean, he's 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 better than he's ever been. When, when your best player is also one of your most improved players, that is scary. That's how a defense takes a leap. That's how an entire team takes a leap. That's how you raise the bar in terms of the level of competition at practice. And, and so Micah Parsons has been locked in all offseason. Uh, just how seriousness he takes wanting to be great. I mean, he's an extremely competitive person. He's probably the most competitive athlete I've ever seen. That most competitive person I've ever met in my life. And when you take someone who just hates to lose, absolutely hates to lose, and love to unlock how to be great at different things. When you have a guy like that who can run four, you know, four forty-yard dash, extremely explosive, you know, former youth wrestler, so he understands how to use his hands and leverage and contact balance. And now he's added more power to his game, more violence in his hands. And yeah, yeah, this guy is—he's unreal. He's—he's he, he's one of one. Uh, there's, there's no one like him. <laughs> You get a good real sense of my house. Thank you. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting the whole so, experience today. Well, I love it. Yeah, but now no, he he's really been phenomenal, um, and the Cowboys uh, are really seeing him ascend to a height that they're really pleased to see him take his game. Trevon Diggs is rather risk reward from the corner position. The team also brought in Stephon Gilmore. So how has Gilmore looked? And will having both Diggs and Gilmore, how will that change what Dan Quinn wants to do or is capable of doing? Yeah, I think when you have two cornerbacks you trust like that, it, it, it probably helps you kind of pin your ears back a little bit more and go. Um, I, I will say there's when you look at Stephon Gilmore, his, his role and impact, it's a bit like Brandon Cooks' in the wide receiver room where he's got all of his information and he passes it forward. He's passing it on to the younger guys. Just the way Jalen Tolbert has learned so much from Brandon Cooks, we've seen Stephon Gilmore teach so much to Trayvon Diggs and rookie Eric Scott Jr. and all these guys on the, in, in that cornerback room. So uh, it's been a, a huge addition for the Cowboys, that trade for both those players back in March, Stephon Gilmore and Brandon Cooks. Uh, what are the expectations here for Leighton Vander Esch this season? Aside from staying healthy, of course, have those injuries really started to take a toll on his playmaking on the defense, or is there an expectation for him to get back to that level uh, they expect at linebacker? Yeah, there's no concern right now for injuries. I mean, there's the spine will always be in the background. I mean, it's it's terrible to say, but like you know, it's yeah. What, what happened? <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, my hands are full. Um, <laughs> Late, 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 no, but late Andrew Esch, he, um, he, he's the, like the brain of, of the defense on the field. Uh, he's an extension of, of Dan Quinn. He's getting guys lined up. I know, I know. He's really good at football. Um, and he's also very versatile uh, this offseason. That's probably been a big difference for Leighton Van Der Esch, is that we're seeing him do more on the edge as an end, uh, you know, rushing off, 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 off the, at the end. So that, that'll be something to watch this this season is, is just to see how Dan Quinn uses Leighton Van Esch in new ways. Two more questions, if we can fit them in here, about the Cowboys. Do they feel set at place kicker? Obviously, the trial and tribulations with Brett Maher last season. Is there a chance that they bring in Robbie Gould later on? 
I doubt we're going to see Robbie Gould or I doubt we're going to see Mason Crosby. I think we're, it's going to be Brandon Aubrey, a former two-time uh, USFL player. Uh, he only missed one field goal this most recent USFL season. Uh, they really like him. Or you're going to see a veteran who's currently competing elsewhere in the NFL. Uh, so the Cowboys will be monitoring Brandon Aubrey's progress along with monitoring some of these kicking competitions going elsewhere in the NFL. Michael, we really appreciate all of this, all of your juggling here. So I'll ask you, over under nine and a half wins for the season for the Cowboys. This is the best team I've covered in my 14 years as a beat writer. Uh, I, I have no idea why the Cowboys, for all the hype that they're getting, are, are getting pinned with nine and a half wins. Uh, that's, that's an easy over for me. You never know what's going to happen, but their range of outcomes, more likely than not, I would think they're going to do, they're going to have no problems surpassing nine and a half. Thanks to the whole family for participating. This was awesome, and we'll certainly catch up with you uh, later on in the season. Thank you. You bet. I got someone at my door. This has been a wild interview, but I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Michael Gelkin there, the Dallas Morning News. Really appreciate his time on the show. And, hey, that's life, uh, but really appreciate all the good stuff that he shared with us there. Interesting how convicted he is in over nine and a half wins. On the other side of the break, we'll dive into the Cowboys' schedule. Uh, we'll get into the NFC East odds, NFL, uh, NFC championship odds, Super Bowl as well and some player props and we'll answer today's poll question the kdus1060.com poll question as well as the twitter poll question at kdusam1060 we'll dive into that in regards to the carolina panthers plenty of nfl discussion coming up uh the cardinals preseason game number one against the Broncos tonight, State Farm Stadium, 7 p.m. You can watch it on Channel 12. But poll questions, they're next right here on KDOS AM 1060, online at KDOS1060.com, and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. Now time in your afternoon for the Doug Gottlieb Show right here on KDUS AM 1060, 100.7 HD2, and KDUS1060.com. Weekdays from 1 to 3 p.m. Huge thank you once again there to Michael Gelkin of the Dallas Morning News for joining us talking all things Dallas Cowboys. If you missed the interview, you can podcast over at KDOS1060.com as well as with the KDOS1060 app. Let's get into the KDOS1060.com poll question, which is about the Dallas Cowboys over under nine and a half wins for the boys this season. And as we take a look at the schedule, week one. They face the Giants in New York. Then week two, they are at home versus the Jets. Then week three, they're here against the Cardinals. Week four versus the Patriots. Week five at the 49ers. Week six at the Chargers. Then their bye comes there at week seven. Week eight versus the Rams. Week nine at the Eagles. Week 10 versus the Giants. Week 11 at the Panthers. Then they have their Thanksgiving Day game, week 12 versus the Commanders, and then their Thursday game after that, week 13 versus the Seahawks. Week 14 versus the Eagles, week 15 at the Bills, week 16 at the Dolphins, then week 17 versus the Lions, and week 18 at the Commanders. It's not, 
there there are obviously some pretty pretty challenging teams on this schedule, but nothing really stands out to me as saying this is overly daunting. The question marks for me in regards to this Cowboys team all stem on the offensive side of the ball. How good is Dak Prescott going to be this year? Is he going to be able to eliminate and minimize those turnovers? Is Tony Pollard going to be able to handle the workload? It's always a fascinating thing, and we're seeing it a lot with the various different teams this year about traditional starting running backs being replaced by their backups. How do those backups now do in a starting role? So we're going to see that from Tony Pollard here with the Cowboys. Question marks now. Uh, I have obviously been a huge fan of Brandon Cooks. The problem with him is just whether or not he can stay healthy. It's been some just fluke things that keep happening to him. So if he can stay healthy, though, that would be a great addition to the Cowboys offense. I think the Zach Martin situation is a very big deal. I think that's a very, very big deal. So if they can't get that worked out, I have some some questions there about the Dallas Cowboys offensively, just in, in general, being able to do what they want to do if that offensive line isn't able to protect Defensively, though, the Cowboys could be pretty dangerous on defense. I mean, if if Michael Gelkin is saying that Mike, Micah Parsons is improving his game even more than what we saw last year, in addition to having two corners that you explicitly trust, I mean, Trayvon Diggs, though, he does gamble a lot, so sometimes you have to live with the fact that he's going to get burned Stephon Gilmore, he's pretty darn good. If age hasn't crept up to him, he's still got some good years left on him. And then the defense, a front being able to get home, putting extra pressure on opposing quarterbacks, I think the Cowboys' defense could certainly win them some games. We saw that last year. It's just whether or not they're going to wear down by the end of the season. I think it's very doable that they do get over nine and a half wins. So I'm on the overside here. The masses, though, definitely not. They're on the underside. Under nine and a half wins at 76% of the vote, over sitting at 24%. That's the KDOS1060.com poll question. Here's just some numbers for you. The NFC East, the Eagles minus 115, the Cowboys plus 175, the Giants plus 700, and the Commanders 13 to 1. To win the NFC... The Eagles plus 330, the 49ers plus 400, and the Cowboys sitting there at plus 600. To win the Super Bowl, the Chiefs at plus 600, the Eagles plus 800, the Bills 10 to 1, the Bengals 10 to 1, the 49ers 10 to 1, and then the Cowboys sitting there at 13 to 1. Some props for you. Dak Prescott over under 3,875 and a half yards minus 112. I don't know about that. I mean, obviously, we're in a passing league. If the wide receivers, C.D. Lamb, Brandon Cooks, Michael Gallup returns and he's healthy, I want to throw the ball, but Mike McCarthy is a little bit more on the conservative nature, right? He's not just out there slinging it around. Tony Pollard over 975.5 yards minus 112. C.D. Lamb, 1,075.5 yards minus 112. And Brandon Cooks. Over under 700 and a half yards for Brandon Cooks. Let's flip this on over to Twitter at KDOS AM 1060. We had a conversation with Mike Lassett with the Charlotte Sports Live talking all things Carolina Panthers over seven and a half wins, under seven and a half wins. 
He's been my Panthers for a while. They snuck in there for me last year in a win total. (sighs) I think it all comes down to Bryce Young, right? If he catches on at the quarterback position to be able to play in the NFL, they're going to go as he goes. And that learning curve is different for everyone. I think, as Mike pointed out, that size stigma, the size conversation, it's going to follow him. Unless there's some sort of major breakout, it's going to be talked about. So the question's here. Can the run game kind of carry the offense? Can the defense win a few games while Bryce Young tries to just eliminate mistakes? Tries to play within himself. Doesn't try to be the hero. Let's the the playmakers around him kind of come to fruition. We've also been talking all week long about this NFC South and the major question marks about the division and just how up in the air everything is. If Young gets better than Desmond Ritter, you feel like there's an upside here for the Panthers within the division. Whoever is playing quarterback in Tampa Bay, I think there's some question marks there. Plus, I really like Burns on the defensive side of the ball. If J.C. Horn can get back to his, his level of play before some injuries took place, you have a really good shutdown corner there. I guess I'm just going to keep riding with my Panthers theme here. I would be on the over seven and a half wins. It is an interesting schedule for them. Week one at the Falcons, week two versus the Saints. Then a bit of a tough stretch here. Week three at the Seahawks, week four versus the Vikings, week five at the Lions, week six at the Dolphins. Their bye comes in week seven. Week eight versus the Texans, week nine versus the Colts, week 10 at the Bears. Week 11 versus the Cowboys, 12 at the Titans, 13 at the Bucks, 14 at the Saints. Week 15, Falcons, week 16 versus the Packers, and you conclude the year. Week 17, Jaguars, week 18, hosting the Bucks. The NFC South numbers for you, Saints plus 130. Falcons plus 210, Panthers plus 360, Bucks plus 750. Bryce Young over 3,250 and a half yards minus 112. Miles Sanders over under 900 and a half yards minus 112. I also really like Averro as a defensive coordinator. Just look what he did with the Denver Broncos last season. And you have some players on this Panthers team too. I think that could be a sneaky, underrated part of how these Panthers win games is on the defensive side of the ball. We're not done yet. There's one more segment to go on this Friday, August 11th. We wrap it up on the other side of the break right here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. One more to go. Listen to rewards for you with the KDOS 1060 app. Download today to hear all of the national and local shows you love. That's the KDOS 1060 app. Final 
final segment of this Friday, August 11th edition of Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. Hopefully, Bob Camp is feeling better, has the weekend to recover, and will be back with us on Monday. But first of all, we have to thank Corey and Aaron for their contributions on today's show. Also to our guest, Mike Lassett with the Charlotte Sports Live, talking to all things Carolina Panthers, as well as Michael Gelkin, Dallas Morning News, juggling a whole host of things going on with him, uh, his baby, his dog, and his doorbell ringing. So really appreciate him being able to execute that interview. And if you missed any of the great content you can always podcast over at kdus1060.com as well as with the kdus1060 app we talked about it today the arizona cardinals are facing the denver broncos in preseason game number one it's tonight 7 p.m on channel 12 went through some of the things that have caught my attention as to what i will be paying attention to for tonight's game we'll see if i learn anything and we can talk about it on monday's show in addition to that the diamond Diamondbacks are hosting the Padres in a three-game set. Tonight, it's Blake Snell versus Ryan Nelson. In the mathematical battle for uh, the wild card situation, both the Diamondbacks and the Padres are on the outside looking in. The Diamondbacks are two and a half games back. The Padres are four. Four and a half games back. Uh, the Phoenix Mercury, they beat the Connecticut Sun yesterday, 90 to 84. They'll play the Storm on Sunday. In addition to all of that that's going on here, you have ESPN Bet. We talked about this a little bit earlier on uh, this week how they are launching this fall. And because there's been so much that has kind of transpired with with FanDuel and Sham Sharania and just kind of line movement, et cetera, and the optics behind all of this, there's some question marks for what ESPN and their staff are going to do. ESPN Bet is uh, considering, or I should say ESPN is considering restricting employees from wagering with ESPN Bet. So we'll continue to monitor all of that. But it was a Friday spread brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and spirits go ahead and visit them this weekend 2390 north alma school in chandler some great food options certified angus beef choice cowboy cut rib steak at 24.99 a pound pork back ribs at 5.99 a pound and von hansen's very own oven ready chicken parmesan 5.99 a pound hope you have yourselves a fantastic weekend and we'll talk to you on monday